Good morning. Let's just start with prayer before we get any further along. Lord, we just come here this morning with many reasons to be thankful. We got up, we go outside and get a smell of the fresh rain on the your beauty as it starts to as the new life starts to sprout forth in the trees and the blossoms are showing. We have signs of spring about us. Lord, just ask that you would be with us here this morning. Just prepare all of our hearts for the word that we're going to hear. We know that your word is unchanging, but yet fully alive. So just ask that you would help us to prepare our hearts, allow your spirit to work within us, that every time we would pick up your word, it would be new to us and fresh, as if the first time we ever read it. We just pray that you'd be with us here this morning as a group of believers that we would be in such a way that our actions would show forth a love and a desire to serve you and that we'd be a witness to those around us. We live in a world that is getting ever darker as time moves on. Help us just to shine brightly in this day and age that we live. We know that we're not the first generation to feel that things have gotten worse. We just ask you to help us to show that light as we do move forward. We know that your time will only last as long as you allow it to, to, and that the time we have here is just guaranteed to the moment we have right now. So Lord, we just thank you for your willingness to shower your grace upon us that we can gather together as believers and to enjoy and take time to listen to your word and be able to grow from that. We just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to start with reading Numbers 12. Numbers chapter 12. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses, because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out, ye three, unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they came, three came out. And the Lord came down on the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed, and the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow, and Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, 
she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed, when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O Lord, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days. And after that, let her be received and again. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days. And the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. And afterwards the people removed from Hazaroth and pitched in the wilderness of Paran. When I first read that, I started to wonder, how often is my attitude and how often do I feel the way that Miriam and Aaron did? Am I jealous about somebody else's success? Do I get angry when I expect to receive some sort of praise and I don't? And to kind of get an idea where Aaron and Miriam were coming from, if you read in chapter 11 of Numbers, Moses had just asked the Lord for help because the children of Israel had two different situations, sinned, and Moses had to go to the Lord and plead their case and ask that he would not bring down the wrath worse than it was. So God had told Moses to call 70 of the elders, and he gave them the gift of prophecy. We'll read Numbers 11, 24, and 25. And Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord and gathered the servants, the 70 men of the elders and the people and set them round about the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spake unto them, spake unto him, and took the spirit that was upon him and gave it unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass that when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and ceased not. So Miriam and Aaron seen this happen. They've been with Moses and they've journeyed with him and helped encourage him. And yet you have these 70 elders that are getting the gift of prophecy and they're bent out of shape because Moses is getting the blessing that he's asked for is the assistance and they're not getting what they feel is necessary. So they're looking for something with Moses to complain about. So how often do we let our jealousy our anger control how we respond to somebody else's success? How often do I let my attitude be that way? Am I willing to rejoice with those that rejoice? Do I mourn with those that mourn? Or do I have that selfish attitude that if things aren't going my way, well, that's just tough luck on your part and you know, I should have that because I've been here too. I've, I've dealt with the same thing. So I just encourage us to, when we see someone be lifted up or blessed for circumstances, whether it be someone in, that's over us in authority or just friends around us, let's rejoice when they rejoice. And if time come that we mourn with them, let's just mourn together. But let's not hold ourselves above others and be selfish or bothered by someone else's success. I think as humans we can see someone advance in their job or even succeed in life and just we can be bitter or get bitter about how we've been, worked maybe just as hard and feel that we're not making any progress. So I just encourage us to, to rejoice with those that do success and know that God's timing and his gifts that he gives are all for a purpose and maybe our not seeing the success we have right then might be just for a testimony to somebody else so that they can see how to respond properly in tough times so um if we do have any is there any prayer requests this morning One of Kurt's customers, Dwayne, has coronavirus and not doing very well. I have one this morning. Uh, this came from David St. John. And the 
pastors were here, the one on the far end, his name is Joel. He's the one that has like 50 churches under him and holding, starting revivals. And I want to read to you what was said this morning. Remember the Haitian church. The kidnappers have now entered the church and kidnapped pastors and parachutes as of last week. One was very near Joel's church. He begins his meetings today for the rest of the month. The deacons are now lining the entrance of the church during the service to keep watch for the congregation. We need to remember them in prayer. And uh, I do have a second request. Any other prayer requests? So remember John St. John? Any other prayer requests? Remember Jenny's brother Scott for the spiritual battles he faces, which we all face some, but yeah, remember him, because that's important. John, would you like to lead us in prayer? Number 31.
together this morning under the banner of King Emmanuel. And to him be all the glory, and to his spirit be given the preeminence and the dominion this day. I was talking with my daughter. And I made a statement, something to this effect, that I don't really know if this is the end times or whether it's just the end of America as we know it. Because the whole world has suffered since the fall and continues to suffer today. So maybe we Americans who have just had it so good, uh, it really isn't the end of the world, it's just that we're catching up with everybody else. He said, Dad, no. That's not what's happening. So I just sat down and I'm just going to give you a little brief list. I'm going to trot around the world with you. Not our text this morning, but just want you to listen. Do you know that today Russian troops are amassing at the Ukrainian border? What for? Do you think for peace? Do you know that today North Korea is developing a missiles that they can hit anywhere in the world? Do you think they do that out of love for humanity or the Lord? Iran. They have one primary goal, the total destruction of the Jewish nation of Israel. Canada, you know what happened there the last week. Even this morning, there is a church there, the, the chain link fences around it, as far as I know, and the people have to worship somewhere else. Israel has struggled mightily to form a new government. The political upheaval is just unreal. Myanmar, there's a coup that overthrew the government and they've gone in and cast out the Christians in a lot of their workplaces and so forth. To be a believer in Myanmar this morning is not a pleasant thing. Jordan, usually one of the great and stable Middle Eastern countries, there is conflict within the royal family. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Ethiopia. There's civil war in Ethiopia, and especially in, in some major parts. And the war is so bad that even the benevolent organizations that would normally go in when there's people starving cannot go in. They cannot get in. They will kill them. And this morning, there are literally thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of people that are hungry and starving to death. United States. I don't know, maybe I've been on my feet now about four minutes. You know what's happened in those four minutes? There's been somewhere between eight and ten children killed in the womb. And if they were born, they can't even tell by looking whether they're male or female. Can you believe it? Everything that I have listed so far this morning, I want to get, tell you there is one great blessing in the whole thing. For those who are redeemed and have been and have had their sins forgiven by the blood of the Lamb, they have lost nothing. Nothing. Everything is just as it was because the kingdom that you and I serve is strong, it is stable, it is eternal, it is protected by the Lord God himself. So, someone's going to say, well, the mess is coming. It's already been alluded to two or three times this morning. 
The changes are coming. The persecution's coming. Here it is, boy, it's pouring on us. What do we do? Well, turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy. This is not our text. We'll get there in a little bit. 2 Timothy, the second chapter, and I want to read verses 3 and 4. I'm going to start. I'm going to read, start the first verse. 2 Timothy 2. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Lord, help us to do that this day. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now I want you to notice what it says here, that there has to be a toughness in the soldier of Jesus Christ that is almost beyond comprehension. This is a hardened, toughened, strong soldier. He has been through the conflict, he or she. And there is nothing like a battle-hardened soldier. They are amazing. And he's calling you and I to be that kind of a soldier. Fourth verse. No man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life. I just read all kinds of the affairs of this life all over the globe. Don't get entangled in it. We belong to another kingdom. Notice, and this is what I want. This is the goal. That he may please him, that should be capitalized by the way, that's the Lord. That he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. What's the goal this morning? It's to please the Lord. It's that simple. We are soldiers in King Emmanuel's army, everyone who has named the name. And we are to be hardened, strong, tough, battle-hardened soldiers of the cross. I guess before we get into our text area, I want, I want to read a warning. Let's go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter 2. I realize that I'm in a little bit of theological debate area right now. Because there's a lot of people that would say that once you've come to Jesus, you cannot lose your salvation. And I want to tell you, if it depends on Jesus, that's true. He's dependable. He will save me. But I want to read to you, and this is a warning to the soldiers. 2 Peter 2.20 For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. These are people who have come to the Lord. They know His salvation. They have felt His power. And then it says, They are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it. But turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. I'm just going to stop reading there. So what's going on here? We belong to King Emmanuel's army. We're to be hardened soldiers. We're to be tough and strong in the kingdom. We're supposed to be loving. Do you know what happens? This is what happens. That army will never fail. It's the king's army. And if, in that sense, there is an eternal security. But this is what happens. We have an enemy. And he's got a sniper. And he cannot take down this army because he lost at Calvary. But he will set that sniper on one soldier at a time. And that includes people like you and me. He will set his aim on you and I to pick us off, to destroy us if he possibly can. By the way, Lest I forget. There are essential, there's many ways to define it, but there are essentially three different kinds of sermons. They're all essential. The first one is the evangelical system or sermon. 
that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ so that the lost come and are converted and are born again. Boy, let us never, ever stop preaching that sermon. That needs to be preached over and over and continually. The second one was, it was already alluded to this morning, and we don't hear a lot of them. I, I don't know why today, but it deals with prophecy. And prophecy tells us where we're headed, where we're going. It tells us what the Lord is going to do for His people. It prepares us as soldiers to put on the right kind of armor for the right kind of battle. Prophecy is a wonderful thing. For whatever reason in our day, it is not prevalent to be taught. And I'm, I plead guilty, I'm not throwing stones. But there's a third kind of message, and it's what we're going to do today. It's called sanctification or sanctified living. Walking with the Lord. And so I want to talk about the soldiers that have a desire to please Him. And specifically what I'm going to do, I am going to talk about three areas that the sniper picks on us. There are probably literally hundreds. But these are three that seem to be prevalent in our day, at least in my view of things. So I'm going to invite you to turn your Bibles. The title for this message, by the way, is Three Battles a Soldier of Jesus Christ Must Win. If we don't win them, the old devil sniper will pick us off. Three messages. And let's turn to, uh, to Romans 13. Please turn your Bible to Romans 13. And this is going to be everyday stuff. It's not some uh, high theological ground. Romans 13, I want to read the first seven verses. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have the praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, and a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore? Ye must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. I'm going to start this morning, and I'm just going to ask you a very, very simple question. What is your attitude towards authority? That's what this deals with. Maybe, maybe I'm the one that's the weakest in this area. I don't know. But I rarely have a day go by that I don't at least scan the news. I like to know what's going on. And when I see certain names of certain people, I call them liberals, the left, whatever, my hair almost stands up before I read the article. You know what I just read? If we want to live peaceably in this world, we will not be verbally complaining and uh, saying bad things about those in authority. I'd like to ask you something this morning. How many of you have spent five minutes in one whole week praying for the Nancy Pelosi's 
and the Joe Bidens and the Ted Cruz's and whoever else you might want to name. Five minutes. Praying for them. On your knees. Lord, call them. Lord, control them. That's how we're supposed to receive the peace. Oh, I can talk about them. I can talk about what they did and decisions they made and the words they used and everything that's printed and on and on and on. That's not what it says. A soldier, a hardened soldier of Jesus Christ is interceding for everyone, including the powers around them. Are we doing that? I'm going to challenge you this morning. I'm going to ask you, the next time you're tempted, if you're like me, you're tempted to say things about what's happening, and we do. It's one thing to talk about current events and everything. It's another thing to really be sour and negative, isn't it? The next time I'm tempted to do that, <coughs> Lord, help me to utter a prayer for that individual instead. That's what we're called to do. The world's warring. I mean, we've got a civil war going on politically right now in this country. Are we going to join that? Or are we going to petition high heaven for them? We can claim, oh, we're, we're non-resistance. We're the, we're the good people, right? We got... Well, if we're a hardened soldier, we're approaching the throne of God on behalf of these people. God, help me. A lot of us are worried about we're going to lose the peace. Well, if that's the Lord's will, that's fine. But I, I hope we don't lose the peace because we have failed to petition the Prince of Peace on behalf of others. Number two, turn with me to uh, Matthew 10. Matthew 10. Verse 42. And this is our Lord speaking. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple. Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Look at Mark 9, please. Mark 9, 41. Again, our Lord is speaking. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ. Verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. Number one is a proper attitude towards authority. Number two is God's people are givers by nature. You ever notice in life, especially in, in the blessed time that we have lived, that we get some new toy, new trinket, whatever it is. Automobile, don't make any difference. And for a little while, it's pretty exciting. And it wears off. We will never get enough stuff to have our inner man satisfied. Never will. The only thing that really satisfies is to model after the Lord and the apostles as they gave everything they had for others. The truth of the matter, this old world is a taker. Give me more. I want more. I don't get enough. If I had a little more, I would be happy. No, we will not. That's a lie. So a hardened soldier, we may think about a soldier going out and taking, taking life, taking possessions, taking control, taking, taking, taking. But a soldier in King Emmanuel's army is a giver. 
And they give freely time, money, material goods, a glass of water. We could go to Ezekiel 33, and I'm not going to take the time. Verses 7 and through 9, you can look at it. And he tells them that, and he's, te- he's talking really to the pastors and to the leaders. It's the watchman chapter. And he tells them, you are responsible to give them the truth. Otherwise, their sins are going to be laid on you. It's a scary chapter for anyone that's doing what I'm doing right now. I'm asking, are you a giver? Or are you a taker? Have we been eaten up by the culture? Or has the Spirit of God got a hold of us even as our Lord gave His all? I know. We're to be good stewards. You understand all that. You understand what I'm saying. But there's a spirit here. There's an attitude that says, I will give. Are we in our hearts deliberately looking for places, ways, and people to give? The world says, what's in it for me? The hardened soldier of Jesus Christ says, what can I do for you? What a contrast. I tell you, what he's calling us to do is not in our culture. Even if everything just went right on and we just lived really continuous, simple lives and like it's been and it's just like the way we like it and everything else, we better be givers. Well, number three. Number three is a miracle. And interestingly enough, it's a miracle that is available to everyone who has named the name of the Lord because their lives are to be patterned after Him. We already prayed it today. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The greatest evidence of the miracle of the new birth is to do exactly what Jesus did for you and I. You know what he did? He forgave me. Isn't that amazing? I didn't have it coming. Still don't have it coming. Truth of the matter is, if you, if you knew everything I thought in my lifetime and everything I've uttered in the whole thing, you probably wouldn't want me to walk in through the doors. Jesus forgave me. Well, I'm going to suggest to you that this is the primary evidence of the new birth. At one place Jesus says that you would love one another. And I think it's all wrapped up in the same idea. Brother Andrew opened this morning with Numbers 12. And there's three, three... Forgiveness is in the scripture I want to talk about. The first one is the one with Moses and Aaron and Miriam. And you remember that Aaron and Miriam had said, well, God doesn't just speak through you, Moses. He speaks through us too. And, you know, you're just elevating yourself. I'm putting my own words. But you're just elevating yourself. And you're way up here somewhere. And, and we're just as good as you are. And apparently Moses didn't say anything. There's nothing recorded. But God heard it. And so he brings them in front of the tabernacle, all three of them, and God tells him, Moses is my man. And this is what I want. When God put the judgment on Miriam and she turned white as snow and that leprosy just covered her everywhere. I mean, it must have been terribly ugly. The, the things that I read about leprosy, when it gets bad enough, like the skin starts to fall off and it's just, it's just bad. And Aaron looked at his sister and he said, notice what he said. Moses, intercede for us for we have acted foolishly. Do you know what what Aaron did? Aaron repented. Right there. We have acted foolishly. We got it coming. And then... When he repented, there was reconciliation because you know what Moses did? Moses 
interceded after they had said all those bad things about him and the whole thing. He interceded, he went to the Lord, and he pleaded for his sister. Repentance, forgiveness, reconciliation, that is an ideal picture. Now, that's the first one. What do you do? What do you do, soldiers of the cross? What do you do when there is no repentance, when there is no reconciliation? That's the tough one, isn't it? That is the tough one. Well, let's go to Acts, seventh chapter. And we're going to look at one of the neatest passages. It is so wonderful. Last verse of Acts 7, 60th verse. Well, it's, uh, I'll just back up so we get the picture. Started the 57th verse, and this is Stephen when they were getting ready to stone him. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord. And cast him out of the city and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. Remember that. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. You notice there's no reconciliation here. There's no repentance. They just killed him. You know what? You know what Stephen did? I'm going to put it in my own words. Lord, don't let this sin keep these people out of heaven. He didn't say it wasn't sin. It still hurt. It was exceedingly harmful. But he said, Lord, I don't want what's happening right now even taking my life for these people not to be saved. Do you think the Lord heard that? More important, what do you think the Lord did with it? Do you notice it says they took his clothes and laid them at the feet of a man whose name was Saul? Do you think the Lord heard Stephen's cry? I do. He said, don't lay this into their charge. And you know what happened? He passed on. He didn't see the victory, but the victory was there. It was an amazing thing. Because the Lord, in his great mercy, took Saul, who was the primary drive of the whole thing, and he's the most prolific writer of the New Testament that we have. Amazing. Amazing. Some of you, some of you have people right now that are, in fact, probably all of us do, especially if we've lived a few years, and people we need to forgive. I want to ask you something. Can you honestly pray before the Lord? Soldier, hardened soldier, a great battle-tested soldier that you are called to be. Can you bow before him and say, Lord, so-and-so, whatever it is, lay not this sin to their charge. Do you think that's going to happen anywhere except in the body of Christ? Anywhere else? The world would say, get revenge, get even, make it right. And Stephen said, no, no. I lay it down. Wow. I don't know what he really felt, what his emotions were, but he was following his Lord. And he was saying, forgive them. An amazing that our Lord honored it. And Saul was raised up as a, an apostle to the Gentiles, which is what we are. One of the greatest blessings that you and I have today is the Holy Spirit working through a man named Saul who was loved enough by a man that he hated that he pleaded. Lay not this sin to their charge. Can we do that?
I'm telling you, we could be in the midst of Ethiopia this morning where we're starving to death, and that's horrible. It is. You and I understand that. But I'm going to suggest to you, if we learn as soldiers of the cross to be forgivers, we will be so unique in this world and so powerful, not because of us, but because of him. Well, there's one more, and you all know what it is. Let's go to Luke 23. But I want to read it. You know it. But I want us to read it. Luke 23, 34. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Do you know a lot of the people that we get angry with, they don't really realize what they're doing. They don't. It's true. Maybe they should, but they don't. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them, and derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he be Christ the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar. So we got Gentiles, and we got Jewish people, and we got the Romans, we got everybody. And saying, if thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself, they absolutely tore him open. There's no repentance at this point. There's no reconciliation. But you know what Jesus did here? He opened the door to salvation to even those who killed him. Oh. How good the soldiers are with this morning. The fun and games that we have known may very well be about over, but I'll tell you, the victory has not been lost. Amen? Brother Clem last Sunday quoted Philippians 3.10 that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. And you know, oh, I don't know how many times I've looked at it. Yeah. That I might understand that new birth, that resurrection, that power, that motivation, that strength. Lord, let me know all about your resurrection. Let's talk about it. Let's have it in all our sermons and the whole. Yeah, that's true. But you know what else that verse says? Uh, the fellowship of his suffering. Whoa. Where do we get the idea this is going to be some picnic? If we're going to be hardened soldiers. Warriors in King Emmanuel's army. There's going to be a fellowship. And it ain't going to be fun and games. It's going to be suffering for his name. It's okay. It's good. It's a privilege. It's wonderful. I'm going to close. <clears throat> I think it was Acts 20, 26. Won't turn there. Paul said he was free from or innocent from the blood of all men. I started out and said that the goal is to please him who's called us to be a soldier. And Paul got to the end and he wasn't reconciled with everybody. Everybody didn't love him. I mean, even in the church, it's a little hard to understand, but it's true. And you know what he says? I'm innocent of the blood of all men. What do you mean? I think he meant. I, 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 it doesn't say exactly, so you can, this is just my thinking. I think he meant that, Lord, nothing that I've said or done or anything that anybody's done to me, please don't let them keep it out of heaven. I love them. Like the Lord. Anybody been hit by a sniper? You've been poisoned because of the poisoned arrow that was hit your way? It's from the evil one? He would take away. You don't want to submit to authority. Right? <laughs> oh, Lord. 
May you be hardened soldiers in King Emmanuel's army. Gary, I'm going to call on you to pray. Um, are there any more prayer requests this morning? It's probably a little unusual. I'm just going to tell you why. Let's pray for our government. Let's pray for our people. Let's pray for the witness of the body of Christ, the soldiers of the kingdom. Let's pray that whatever is in divine plan, that we would be sold, sold out to the kingdom of our Lord, that we will not fail, we will not waver, we'll be faithful. Gary. 